Welcome to the Spectral Phenomena Podcast, your source for all things offbeat, strange, unexplained, and paranormal. Here are your hosts, Ken Sanner and Mustafa Sadiq. Imagine this. You're sitting outside with some friends around a fire. One of you looks up and sees an object moving towards the north, seeming to shake as it moves. Suddenly, the object, as bright as an airplane, dims and shoots off. What did you just see? I knew you were going to say that. Did you? Yes. <laughs> it was going to come up. We'll talk about it. Because from a cabin deep in the woods of central Maryland, welcome back to Spectral Phenomena. We are your hosts, Ken Sander and Mustafa Sadiq. We hope everyone enjoyed season one. Tonight, we want to put out some bonus content and talk about UFOs a little bit more. I think I can safely say this is a favorite topic for both of us, and I know it's not everybody's thing. Don't worry, we'll cover more topics in the future, but let's dive into this a little bit. And speaking of diving into something, Moose, we we had an interesting experience together a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, I'm still not I don't know if that was a UFO or not. Uh, I feel like maybe it was like a slow-moving comet or something. Do we know what it was? Well, yes, it was an unidentified aerial phenomena. <laughs> yes, it, that is correct. But it didn't appear to be of like any odd origins. I, I don't know. I um, that was actually pretty cool though, because it was three of that us. That was pretty saw. cool. Yeah, yeah. So you want to kind of run through? Uh, I mean, I know it kind of gave a synopsis, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I, we were just hanging out outside. We had a fire going, I think. Yeah. Right. And um, it's pretty common for where we are to see satellites and in, in you know just crossing the sky if it's a really clear night or um you know w- i have an app that tells me like the one the iss is passing or space junk um and we uh, I, I mean it, well that wasn't the first like thing we saw right i mean we were because we were pointing out satellites because we were also using the app for the planes right um yeah, we're looking at both yeah and then um, randomly, I'm like, oh, we got a, uh, we have a, we have another one, uh, you know, another satellite. And then the only thing I remember is it got really bright and then like increased in speed, which was mm-hmm. very weird because it was going, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it like, it brightened up. Well, maybe I feel like it did brighten up initially. Right. And then, um, like appeared to speed up and then just shot off. And I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. Um, Yeah. And it, yeah, it did dim. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember my. Yeah, maybe it didn't. It just right. like sped off. Yeah, so that was weird, though. Um, it was. It didn't really and change didn't any direction, up. right? Not really. Um, I feel like when it was moving, it was kind of like shaky side to side a little bit, and I don't know if that's just my recollection, but um, I do feel like I definitely noticed that. I also, um, you know, want to point out that. N- Everything we had seen that night prior to that, that we, when we had been looking, had shown up in one either your satellite app or oh, my yeah. plane tracker app, and this object did not show up in either one. I forgot about that. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So, not to say that those apps are one hundred percent accurate, and they, you know, they don't catch military vehicles, which we've had that discussion before, <laughs> and we'll probably have it again tonight. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it was just interesting. I, I thought it would be kind of a fun way to segue into this topic. Uh, and what I was thinking was, like, I wonder if it was, like, a slow-moving comet or something. You know, like yeah. more like some, you know, some sort of – I just I, – I don't know. That, like, you burned would, out. But it wouldn't yeah, have sped yeah. up, right? Or maybe – technically, I guess maybe it, it would, would spit up. I don't know. 
It would speed up because. But like, it didn't have a trail. That's the thing. It didn't have a trail. It was just a spot of light. Oh yeah. Or, or the other thing I was wondering is if we didn't because it was so dark, we didn't notice that there was some sort of cloud or something that had disappeared behind. But it was a very it was a clear night. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, interesting. So I mean, I mean, it's it's the whole topic is is fascinating to me. So let me you ask know, you something. Yeah. Why all the sudden disclosure? So that's a very good question. Um, and I think there's a few ideas here. And first of all, I guess it depends how you define disclosure. And I think there are levels of disclosure. Um, and I think the level that we're at right now is basically the government willing to admit, hey, there's stuff flying around in our sky and we don't know what it is. And they're not even going as far as to say it's under intelligent control. They're just saying it's not ours. If you can believe that, you know, like, can you believe the government saying it's not ours? You know, I don't trust the government much at all. Any, you know, in any topic, but you know, this, this is one where you have to either trust them or not. So why disclosure? Um, at least to the level that we have it, I think, you know, it's gotta be one of a couple things. Um, one, they know something is going to happen that they won't be able to cover up, whether they're in contact with whatever other intelligence this is or whatever. You know, I, I don't even know what other option there would be for that. You know, they pretty much have to be in contact or aware of the plans of this other intelligence, and they know something's coming that they can't cover up. That could be one option. Another option uh, could be that these are our craft, and it's some sort of political posturing to, you know, other adversaries geopolitically to say, you know, well, what are these objects and somehow throw them off the trail of knowing that we have this stuff? Uh, I don't know. A third option could be that they legitimately just don't know anything uh, more than they're telling us and they're being completely transparent. I think that's a pretty unlikely option, but... I guess that would be an option. Other than that, uh, I mean, maybe there's some sort of internal pressure from, you know, the some fox molder in the uh, government somewhere that's like, we're going to tell everybody all this stuff and the government's trying to get ahead of it. You know, part of the problem with, um, like, full-blown disclosure is that the government would have to admit that, you know, since at least the 1940s, They've known about this stuff and they've covered it up and it's going to be a huge black eye when it gets out. You know, it's going to be probably one of the things that will go down in history is is one of the worst incidents in our history of people losing faith in the government because, you know, they've covered up and lied about all this stuff for as long as they have. If they have. And, and you know, part of the problem and uh, now I'm going on a, a rant here and I apologize. I love the rant. Part Part of my problem with the idea that this is ours, um, and by ours, I don't necessarily even just mean America. I mean any human civilization. Part of my problem with that is we've had these things flying around at least since the 1940s and probably much longer than that. You know, you look at um, you look at the airship uh, craze of the uh, 1890s in the U.S. and some of the things that were reported then. You look at, um, oh man, what's the guy's name? Uh, Charles Fort. Um, one of 
if you ever read any of his books, he talks about astronomers looking at the moon in the early 1900s, 1800s, 1700s, 1600s, looking at the moon and seeing objects flying around in front of it, seeing black dots moving around at, you know, different speeds, and they have no idea what it is then, um, and we don't know what they saw now, but there's reason to believe that whatever these things are have been here for a long time, and, uh, I mean, maybe longer than that. I'm not, like, an ancient aliens person, but, I mean, that's a theory that's out there, and I, I, I don't necessarily buy into it, but I don't really have any evidence to support that theory, and I've gone way off topic from your initial uh, question. But, no, 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 but, that, that's good. What do you I, think? What, uh, so, yeah, the um, I'm actually bringing up a book right now that I haven't actually finished reading. Um, I actually have barely started it. Um, so it's written by this guy named Avi Loeb, or Loeb. Oh, yes, yeah, I've yeah, heard of him. Of, uh, and he says... Uh, He's like this physicist, I believe, or an astronomer. I honestly don't remember what he was. I, uh, yeah, he's what, an astronomer at Harvard, I think, right? Yeah, it sounds like a pretty brilliant he, guy. He he is. I've heard him on several podcasts and radio shows. Yeah, he is very intelligent, and um, he's he's got some really cool theories. As and I don't want to jump ahead and, and blow your thing, but go ahead and. Uh, well, no, no, I mean, basically, oh. he talks about like. Um, uh, this um, the first inter uh, well the first thing that I guess wasn't from our solar system that came mm-hmm. in and left right and his big yeah. thing was it could be extraterrestrial now after reading like the responses and everything I imagine that it's possible that it's more likely than not that it's not uh, extraterrestrial but um, number one how uh, I mean the big thing I would say is that's fine, but the people in the scientific community that completely discredited him simply because he said that it could be extraterrestrial, right? Like uh, you know, or you know, alien space junk. That's a problem, right? Um, uh, if we're doing honest scientific inquiry, we should be. If a if someone says, "Hey, this could be a credible hypothesis," then let's let allow them to present their argument just like anybody else, right? Right. Uh, and then don't try to censor them, right? Beat them out right. with a better argument. And just to be clear, Moose, you're talking about the um, uh, Moe Moe, I think yes. I'm saying that right, object yep. from 2017, right? Uh, yeah, Moe 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 or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah. The um, In regards to disclosure, I mean, so... I don't really know what I'm talking about, okay, first of all. But, like, I can't... None of us do. Yeah, I can't imagine that there would be such an intelligence failure that... Like, it's not like we're talking, like, Model T's and 83 Toyota Corollas, right? Like, we're not talking about right. technology that's that far in a gap. We're talking, like, stone tablets and spacecraft. Yes. <laughs> right? In terms of... Like, the stuff that we, I mean, and again, I, I'm not a physics guy or anything. I love physics, but I'm not, like, a physicist, right? Um, everything that we know, like, they just recently discovered, um, they saw um, light coming from behind a black hole, I believe. And it, yes, I saw and, that. And um, I don't know the Einstein stuff uh, theory behind it, but, I mean, that, that apparently further proved Einstein's theories, right? 
uh, or Einstein's equations. And uh, everything we know, we understand that Einstein is right, except for like some quantum stuff that I'm not even going to try to go into. So everything we know about physics, this defies, right? Um, instantaneous velocity like that would cause anything we know to be destroyed and be unable to move in the uh, fluid that is our atmosphere, right? It's not a liquid fluid, right, like we would think, but it is still fluid. And as such, that's why when things come into our atmosphere, the atmosphere itself burns it up because it's hitting air, it's hitting friction. Um, So I think this really goes into the realm of stuff we don't know we don't know. Um, I imagine it's pretty compelling. Now, the... Well, I was going to say, it's, I imagine it's pretty compelling to the government that there's stories and stuff out there. I imagine there's a lot of stuff that we don't know that they have. But the... Maybe call it the pessimist side of me, says... We have a whole geopolitical situation. We have all these, like, uh, complicated government entities working together and, and have this entire intelligence structure. And I dare I say the military industrial complex, right? Uh, I, I feel like those words are a little bit, uh, overspoken these days. Um, we don't know what we don't know about that topic either. Uh, yeah. so who knows what misinformation or information, what if there's nothing out there, right? What if, uh, Fravor was just the first plant that somehow, you know, they had this 10 year plan that said within 10 years we're going to put the, all these you know iterations of information out and then we're going to go to the 60 minutes and everything and uh, then we're going to use this to fund more stuff. Right. And yes, I know that's a pessimist view. Or, or take it a step further. Um, you know, the theories out there that they want, they want to do a false flag attack by these, you know, supposed aliens and clamp down, you know, a, an authoritarian regime, you know, across the world. New yeah. world order stuff, you know, who knows? Um, but, you know, that that's one of the reasons that um, I think if this technology is human, which I don't think it is, um, I don't think it's anybody other than the United States, meaning Russia or China, because if you had access to this type of technology, and you were an authoritarian regime who you look at, you know, politically, geopolitically, Russia and China's, um, you know, claims for land and expansion. Um, if you had this this technology that could pretty much take you anywhere instantly and destroy anything you wanted, I think you would see it being used, you know. Um, see, I'm, I don't like that argument because I think it it it. I think it's I've thought about that argument. I don't like that argument because it inherently I'm not trust me, I am no fan of the Chinese Communist Party. We've talked about this before, right? I'm no fan of governments taking out dissidents like they did with uh like Russia did with uh oh man, blank on the name who they just brought back. That being said, I think it it um generalizes too much. I imagine that even if those folks had um, uh, the technology, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that they would automatically use it. I think, if anything, they would want to keep things the way they are because they don't know what Pandora's box are opening if they do reveal that they have it. 
Um, right. Similarly, I don't think that the United States is above using it, right? Oh, I don't either. You know, I, 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 think, I, just think it's, I just think it's less likely we'd see it open, openly flaunted. I don't know. I, I meant to add that that disclaimer in there. I, I don't. I, I totally don't. And that's for one of the reasons that I don't think we have it. I don't think it's human because I think anyone who has it is going to use it to destroy mm-hmm. and assert dominance over every other nation on this planet. Hundred percent. Like right now, I feel like people are freaking out because, and they rightfully so because of the sudden appearance of uh, maybe not sudden. But uh, the quick appearance of cyber warfare, right? Yeah, and that's like the thing that I feel like people are dealing with. Meanwhile, we have documented unidentified aero phenomena that are doing things that we have no idea what they're doing. Right. And yeah, I mean that's pretty concerning. Uh, well, the one thing I I found interesting that uh, I heard I can't remember where I heard it, but they were talking about like um, so if we. If you were to, if you had a sheet of paper, right, and you put a a cup on it, if there were beings that were only alive in the two dimensions, all they would see is a circle popping in and out. Right. Right? And that's what we see with these things. They just pop, you know, in and out and with instantaneous uh, velocity. The, I wonder, I mean, and we've talked about this before, the, the concept of like extra dimensional transport. Mm-hmm. What if this is just our perception of a higher dimension being, right? doesn't necessarily right. have to be something in our dimension, right, in our 3D space that uh, can communicate with us or whatever. It doesn't have to be like us. It could be something entirely up in an extra dimension um, that is uh, manipulating our 3D space. So I think there's a lot of validity with that, and I think it, it becomes kind of two trains of thought there, whether there is a nuts and bolts component to this at all, or whether this is purely some sort of extra dimensional, um, non-corporeal or spiritual being that we're dealing with. Um, Because if there's no nuts and bolts, that cuts out a lot of the uh, stories about, you know, reverse engineering and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But if if you accept that there may be an interdimensional or ultra terrestrial uh, concept to this it makes a lot of sense because we see a lot of associated phenomena right like poltergeist activity and hauntings are frequently occurring with ufo phenomena um you don't hear as much anymore but the men in black stories um if you look at the what a men in black story is it's not some guys from the government suits coming to your house it is much weirder than that these are these are people and i use the term loosely that barely even look human and have a lot of weirdness with them you look at some of the stuff keel talked about um with just like weird harassing phone calls coming to witnesses intimidation uh, uh and then we have things like bigfoot being seen around ufo sightings um you know skinwalker ranch you have all kinds of stuff wrapped into that with um, cryptid creatures and um, uh, UFOs and uh, you know ghost activity, poltergeist activity. Like this stuff is all wrapped up together. And I've heard people say, "Oh, you can't use one unknown to explain another," but they're not separate incidents. These things are all happening as the same pattern of um, 
of occurrences. You know, these are all the same things that are happening at once. It, there's something to that. And, and that's why as much as I want it to be aliens from outer space or people coming from the bottom of the ocean or whatever it is, I think that the interdimensional theory probably holds the most water because of all the associated phenomena. And there's not much else that can account for that. Um, than this interdimensional theory. To take that a step further, you look at all the different types of beings that have been encountered by people and how, especially how weird they have been in some instances. And it, it's almost like, what if it's some kind of a shapeshifter or trickster type being, you know? Um, I mean, maybe there, are, maybe there are 50 different alien races coming to Earth from another planet to visit us and poke us and prod us and take our DNA and mutilate our cows and whatever. But I don't know. It's it's just a lot to think about. So I'm going to go ahead and go on the record and say that uh, I I do not take it that far. Like uh, what I I'm going to keep it in the uh, uh, the realm of objective, uh, not objective, but uh, only like other entities, right? Because for now, because I want to the the reverse engineering stuff, all that stuff doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, right? You could have a fourth dimensional or whatever entity, right? That is just a thing, but its dimension is 4D space instead of 3D space, right? And then it, they develop craft that allow them to come into our uh, realm, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think of it as like Ant-Man going to the quantum realm, which is a terrible thing to think about, I guess, but... I'm hesitant to I'm hesitant to include any other phenomena because that is ammunition for folks that are uh, anti disclosure or anti UFO or anti everything to uh, make it less true. Uh, well, uh, well, you know, I've traditionally taken the the the, the objective route. It gives them ammunition to say, "Oh, these guys are nuts." If they'll believe anything, right? Uh, and I don't believe everything. Uh, I think if our listeners listen at all they know that i am uh, more of the uh skeptic i guess uh out of the two of us but um i have taken my medicine today for the record <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I don't know i uh i, I think that the uh, like bobbles are and all the reverse engineering stuff can occur in the same in uh uh breath that uh extraterrestrials can the uh or extra i guess extra dimensional beings could um the uh I, I, but i'm i'm hesitant to say anything else about any of the other phenomena that you uh it's fine but i, I it is compelling that some people witness it but uh, uh, so have associated sightings but yeah i'll hold off for now that's fine <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave that topic there then um i just i i, I find the whole thing very very interesting um, okay. All right. Well, uh, now that everybody thinks I'm completely off my rock, <laughs> let's refocus a little bit. And let me ask you this, Moose. Do you have a favorite UFO sighting story or encounter or case? Let me think on this one because I'm going to have to think of the few that I okay. keep, keep uh, You want to hear mine? Yes. Oh, okay. So I have two. Um, I, actually, I have a, a whole bunch that I really like, but I have two that really stick out to me for different reasons. Number one is a Pascagoula abduction in 1973, and it's not that it's a really significant event. I mean, it's, like, moderately famous, um, and it doesn't doesn't really add a whole lot to the lore in terms of, like, a major 
you know, paradigm shift or anything like that. Um, it's just something I remember reading about when I was really young, and it stuck with me because the aliens were so unique. Um, they basically had, like, elephant feet, kind of, they say they looked like, and they had, um, like, lobster claw hands and, like, uh, carrot-like appendages coming off their face. It's just totally bizarre, but the guys involved, like, passed the polygraph and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't, doesn't mean it's real. I, I just, I, it's something from my childhood that's always stuck with me and I've just enjoyed hearing about. Probably the more concrete thing that I really like is the Washington, D.C. UFO flap of 1952, where multiple objects and balls of light were seen over D.C. Fighter jets were scrambled. These things were seen on, you know, the sensors and all the stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's as close to a UFO landing on the White House lawn as we've ever been. Um, and we never really got an answer for what any of it was. I think those are great. And it, it reminds me a lot of um, the Battle of Los Angeles, you know, 1942, I think that was, just because of the military engagement and the newspapers reported it, and no one knew what it was. Um, much like the Foo Fighters in, in the 1940s um, that the Allies and Axis all over Europe, um, you know, and we, we don't know what those were either, um, just saw very similar objects. So um, that, that gives you some time to think, Moose. Yes. So um, the one, uh, by and large, my uh, Rendlesham is yes. the probably my favorite one because of the multiple folks that, and then the, uh, the one guy who f- experienced like a time lapse or whatever. Right. Mm. Um, then there's two other ones, which I don't remember where I've heard them, but one of them was, uh, any story that has like physical symptoms. So like, uh, I know that there are at least a few where people allege that they saw something and then had like radiation sickness and stuff. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of it was that, how much of that was like classified military stuff that like then, you know, at that point they had experienced, but, and then the last one is actually a story that David Fravor talked about later in the episode with Rogan, where he talks about other guys that were, um, coming forward to him about experiences. And one of them, I believe was a Navy pilot or Navy something. And they were doing these practice tornado or torpedo drops or something i honestly don't remember the details but what's unique is they were over water mm-hmm. and before like i feel like usos have recently taken off like past six months right but like that was when he first came on the rogan podcast like he was uh he talked about like something that like basically gulped down a torpedo mm-hmm. um and and they described it as like a uap event or a uso event i would say right and uh i don't know that just those uh, and i feel like at the risk of sounding like everyone else these days i don't know i just i mean uh, uh, those stories are so compelling to me because mm-hmm. i feel like almost every other ufo story or the vast majority of ufo stories these days get told by people that are into ufos right so like mm-hmm. even us like we saw something in the sky like obviously it's going to be more unique to us because we're into it but folks that have like and i'm not saying no one in the military is a ufo enthusiast but like right if folks, I mean, it appears that these folks don't really care, right? If their story mm-hmm. is true or not, they just, and they're afraid to come out because of the stigma. Right. Um, it's interesting. Now, what I would also say is, uh, who was it? 
I, I was watching, uh, have you heard of uh, Breaking Points by Crystal and Sager? No. Solid show. Solid okay. show. Um, they, uh, so they are kind of, they used to work for the Hill. They broke off and started their own news thing. They are basically like, they are basically the counter movement to like CNN and Fox, right? Like they try to objectively tell the news the way it's supposed to be told. Sagers are conservative and Crystal's a, a more liberal, um, but they talk objectively about stuff. And they, and they said, they're like, Marco Rubio is talking about UAPs. Mm-hmm. This dude who's like, you know, we've all seen his, and we don't have to get the politics, but like the, that Marco Rubio of all people is talking about, yeah, we don't know what these things are. Uh, and I find that to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, man, it almost seems so easy and such a plant. It seems so right. convenient. Like the same 60 minutes that threw a particular presidential candidate, a softball interview during COVID. Okay. Like literally a softball thing that almost seemed asynchronous, but then another candidate, they like ripped apart and then right. like vilified the guy, which I'm no fan of, you know, not again, not getting into politics, but like, they uh, that's just one example of where I feel like maybe their integrity is not integrity, but just, yep. you know, it's I don't watch 60 minutes like that. So for me to wa- be watching 60 minutes and to see a story about UFOs where five years ago, like we would have been laughed at if we started this project. We would literally right. we would have been like, what are these dudes doing? Even now, right. I, I, I feel like some dudes are like, what? What do you do? And wasn't there a presidential candidate that like got laughed at on the debate stage because he said he saw UFOs? Um, there have been a couple. Jimmy Carter has, Ronald Reagan has. Um, no, but there was one in particular. Was Bill it the guy? Clinton's pilot or Obama's pilot? One of the two did. Um, recently? No, no, no. Uh, who who was the independent candidate against Bush? Oh, um, Ross Perot. Wasn't he the one that said something about UFOs? Or maybe I'm getting that wrong. I'm not sure. I haven't heard that. Maybe, but like these folks, you know, it used to be you got like made fun of and laughed at, and now it's like, yeah, cool. And the worst part is right. like no one is saying, yeah, our bad. We caused this to be a social issue that shouldn't have been. But now it's like, yeah, cool, yeah, we're, we're uh, yeah, UAPs, whatever. And everyone's yeah. ignoring the fact that like we thought that was like the biggest taboo. Right. For such a long time. Cool. And anyone that talked about it was automatically on the fringes of society. Yes. It's 100% too. And I do want to talk about this cultural shift and the shift of the media. Um, but I did want to ask you, I would just real quick, and we don't have to stay on the topic um, unless you want to. But I wanted to circle back to USOs, which I know is a big topic for you. Um, and I wondered if you are at all familiar with the Shag Harbor incident. And Don't tell the listeners about my deep end dive one night where I stayed up till like <laughs> three in the morning looking up Noah stuff. And I was, I think I texted you like a lot that night. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I felt bad the next morning. Uh, okay. No, I have not heard of that particular incident now. Okay. You should definitely look into the Shag Harbor incident. S H A G G. I believe it was Newfoundland um, in Canada. It was an incident where a UFO was seen and it crashed and went into Shag Harbor up there. And um, lots of ve- vessels were deployed to try to find this incident or this in, uh, this object. 
and they couldn't find it. Um, and, and that's kind of like the really short version of it. But there were tons and tons of witnesses. It started out with an airline pilot seeing the object moving through the sky. And then um, it, it progressed and was tracked over Canada until it crashed into this lake. And I use the word crashed loosely because it may not have actually crashed. It may have, you know, gone in there. But it looked like to the people that were seeing it, an airplane crashed into the, into the harbor. And, yeah, so that, and that's a real short version of it. But uh, Yeah, no, I'll definitely look that. I'll definitely. I'm yeah, on look there, that uh, I'm on the NovaScotia.com Shag Harbor UFO Center website. Uh, that's what it was, Nova Scotia, yeah, not Newfoundland. But, yeah, and there's a couple, I mean, there's a couple good USO stories out there, but that's probably one of the best, probably the one of the most pivotal um, Canadian UFO stories out there. The other one that comes to mind is uh, Charlie Red Star. I don't know if you ever heard of that. That's no. weird. Um, it was like this big red object that kept appearing in the night sky and would move seemingly intelligently. I don't know, It's a it's a whole thing. But yeah, Shag Harbor definitely. Uh, bookmark that and, and read up on that. Now let me ask you this: Have you heard of the whole American Airlines Flight Two Two Nine Two incident from February twenty first? I believe that sounds very familiar to me. So I ba- remember an American Airlines um, sighting. The pilot basically says that there's cylindrical shaped object moving at high speed next to him. Yes, or across his across his uh, plane of view. So like. Yes. Um, we all know Reddit is a 100% flawless source of information. Very uh, much so. That don't, being said, don't doubt anything you read. the, the blackvault.com uh, has been pretty cool because they actually show the FOIA, uh, Freedom yeah. of Information Act stuff that they submit and which ones they get back and what the actual stuff is. They have been publishing a ton of stuff regarding this and then Project Moondust, which again, people would listen to us and they'd be like, these guys are insane. Moon dust was space object recovery and analysis by NASA, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, flight two two nine two thing is very compelling because uh, on July twenty second, the guy uh, the FAA sent back, and I'm reading this from the website theblackvault.com. On July twenty second, twenty twenty one, the FFA, uh, FAA sent the Black Vault records pertaining to the above flight. Interestingly, some of the responsive records found were the property of the Department of Defense. Nice, which is which is very interesting. Yeah. The wording from uh, the FAA is we have identified additional records responsive to your request. However, those records are the property of the Department of Defense. The DOD will determine whether any of those records may be released. See, I'm not convinced that this is legit, though, now that I read it, because maybe is one word, and they put in R, A-R-E, twice. You may Well, do- I mean, there are stupid people that work for the government, too true <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing can you trust any of this yeah and the answer is no i i can't trust anything the government tells me what i've seen from the black vault has been very promising and i want to believe it but it could be disinformation it could just be a crazy person you know i don't get the impression from the guy who runs that that he is but like this stuff is also convoluted that who knows, you know, and it could be bad information being fed to a well-meaning individual too. You know, I mean, any or all of that could be true. It's so, and that's what's so hard about this. You know, you just have no idea what you can believe unless you see it with your own eyes. And even then you still don't know what you're looking at. You know, 
Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. Some of this could be ours too, you know, like I don't know I don't know why. I just have a feeling that the black triangles might be ours, you know, like Oh yeah. And having seen one actually, um, you know, I, I don't know. But Maybe they're not. I, supposedly, you can go back into um, the earliest Black Triangle reports are around the 70s, but I've heard people say there are earlier reports of Black Triangles back in the 40s and stuff. I have not seen anything myself. And, of course, if there's Black Triangles in the 40s, then they're definitely not ours. So that just totally wipes that away. Well, but, like, in the 50s, there are Black Triangles, right? Because, like, I mean, what's the bomber, the big bomber that's a Black Triangle, right? Like who knew? Yeah, that that wasn't around in the fifties. That wasn't. No, that was uh, the eighties uh, when they developed the stealth bomber. No, but I mean, like that we know about. That we, yeah, I guess that we know about. But I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's possible, but I don't know. Yeah, and then well, like that the... goes back to the whole thing. Who who knows? We only know what they tell us. Yeah. And then the UFO thing from China recently uh, on Reddit. Do you remember that? The whole Black Triangle thing? Yes. What were yes, your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, that was a tough one. It looked very real. I saw lots of videos after it came out showing why it had to be over the clouds, not like, or in the clouds, not a reflection and all this stuff. But like so much, it just disappeared. And I never saw it got get picked up by any of like the big ufo people which yeah. I, I found strange too but i also find the big ufo people right now kind of on my list of people i'm questioning because they kept saying you know all this big stuff's gonna happen we're gonna see some amazing videos in the summer and we're they're gonna be 20 minute long videos of uaps doing all this stuff and you know big revelations are coming and we got a nine-page UAP report from the Pentagon that said we don't know what's in the sky, which is still a big disclosure, mm-hmm. but it's what we already knew. Now, I will say this. I, I, I am partially okay with that because those guys... So, first thing, the the Chinese incident, what I've learned is uh, the, the, the structure of Reddit is so that you can easily be a victim of confirmation bias, right? So, like, everyone on there already believes that some a little bit. That's why they're mm-hmm. on the UFO thing. Uh, similar to that, um, the uh, well, not similar. Uh, to respond to the, your other point about um, uh, the guys that were talking about, you know, there's going to be the, these big disclosures. I'm not. I don't have too much of a problem with that because they're just guys that, well, at least one of them, former DoD, probably a little frustrated. At least that's what his narrative is. Mm-hmm. That's why he came out in the first place. He probably subconsciously or consciously made the decision to have a little bit more hope than he should have. Uh, and I think, I think it's easier for, I think it's easier for people like them to make that. And then, then the folks that may or may, may would probably be a little bit more objective, right? Your intelligence folks or whoever, you know, whether in the Senate or whoever, um, all the collection of folks that, um, got the reporting, Mm-hmm. I, I think um, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's still a big deal that nine page thing. Um, uh, the uh, I, I I I am skeptical of anyone who has become mainstream because of UFO stuff. Yeah, I am too. Um, 
and it, it's just so hard because it could be all good, honest, well-intentioned people, but they could just as easily be disinformation agents, charlatans, or just otherwise not having the best of intentions, you know? Or all reptilians. Um, they may all be reptilians, and, and, and that may just be all it is. Um, you know, I, I was actually at an, uh, a YouTube video where I saw Hillary Clinton turn into a lizard person. That has to be right. That it, has to be it's correct. 100% real. Yeah. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. It, it just, like, faded in. The um, <laughs> With that, I, th- I think I do got to finish up. I, I kind of figured that's where we were. Um, I really appreciate your time, Moose. Is there anything else you want to add about UFOs, UAPs? the entities there within anything about the subject. I hope that uh, if, if this somehow gets uncovered a hundred years from now, people are listening and they're like having a beer with like ET and they're like, man, what a weird time to have been alive. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty amazing. And you know what though? I can, I can foresee a future where, you know, 150 years from now in like some sort of cultural class, the professor or the teacher assigns a student, go look up a, a podcast from 2021 and see what they were talking about. Yeah. And they turn this on and they're like, whoa, these people were trippy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like how um, we look at people who used to like bleed people as part of right. medicine and think about like humors and stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. I imagine. I imagine they're going to be like, wait, their phones are outside of their bodies. What? Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, Wait, they, they, all all yeah. I know is if, if one thing's true over the past uh, you know year that we've been doing this and the, the episodes we've done, it's that I've already sunk my political career. So, well, um. I'm I'm in the middle <laughs> of my political career, so maybe the, or maybe in the beginning, I should say. Uh, so uh, maybe I should probably keep a more uh, measured approach, which I do on the show. You keep a very measured approach. Yeah, I think you're fine. Yeah. It'll right. still be difficult to explain on the debate stage, but I don't yeah, care. Yeah, but that's part of the fun of life. Or maybe, so. or maybe I'll uh, there will be disclosure, and I'll be the guy that was talking about it all along. Or maybe you're a reptilian. Or that maybe I'm just a plant. I don't know that you're not. Yeah, I'd like to think that I, you know, I know you a little bit, but um, maybe you're a reptilian. I, I, I can't. If if someone was like, "Is Moose a reptilian?" You need to answer this right now. I would have to say. I don't know. Well, he did wrap himself around the fire barrel at my place when it was cold, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yep, uh, that's all I got, man. All right. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Please check us out on Facebook, Spectral Phenomena. Give us a like, rating, a share, a review, um, particularly on the podcast app of your choice. Be safe, everybody. Have a good night. And thank you for listening to Spectral Phenomena.